guten Abend, mein Liebchen. Das ist dein Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. Is it? <laughs> Episode 369. Ah, oh, okay. snap! Uh, finally, the Guardians of the Galaxy. This is it. This is it. We're going to be talking about one. it. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it on uh, today's episode with our guest. And also, we spoiler d- we're doing a spoiler app. We're doing one. But we haven't hit $1,000 on Patreon you know yet, what, Graham. Chris, folks are close. We're at 800 bucks, And uh, Jackie Cation has just, she scheduled a recording time here at ATC. <laughs> She's, she just made this happen, so we can't tell her no. Okay. Um, so this is a bonus. This is a tease. Get us to the thousand. This we'll is a tease. More. We will we'll release a, yeah, we're going to record it later today, a Guardian spoiler app. It will go out later this week just because you guys are so nice. Um, and uh, and the Patreon, like Graham said, is at 800. We're really close to getting to that uh, two spoiler apps a month mm-hmm. tier. Uh, only $200 more. Yeah, and we've been releasing, so, uh, and we'll do it for this episode as well. This week you get bonus audio. Uh, either Chris or myself or one of the guests will talk about, they'll pick a movie, mm-hmm. uh, and that'll go at the $5 and up tier. And then you're getting uh, a bonus podcast uh, yep. every month. From the um, from uh, the ten dollars tier. Yes, you get the uh, monthly, weekly film news live. And we're starting now. Um, we're going to start. We we've tested it a, a couple of episodes, but we're now going to start releasing uh, this show on our YouTube channel. So you can the Patreon subscribers can also can see yourself in the credits. Yes, too. your name is in the credits. So we're going to update the credit list with the April patrons, and so you're going to get. Uh, we're gonna take like this episode and all the movies we talk about, cut it up into little segments. So both we, of them, both of them. Yes, <laughs> we've got some trailers we're gonna yeah. talk about as well. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll do that, and um, so actually go to the uh, YouTube.com/slash/ComedyFilmNerds and subscribe. That helps. We're just gonna start to really propagate this thing, get, mm-hmm. it, get it get it moving, get it going. Yeah, let's do it. With my, you guys. My name's Graham Elwood, by the way. <laughs> and I'm Chris Mancini. Welcome again to the Comedy Film Nerds Podcast. Let's uh, go in and introduce our guest, a, uh, also uh, one of the writers for Comedy Film mm-hmm. Nerds, although we haven't seen an article in a while. We yeah. miss him. Uh, <laughs> so bringing him and, on the show is our way of stronging our yeah. being into yeah. writing for you know, us for free. You know, it's, uh, we, do, we, we do a lot <laughs> of guilt writing. We do a lot of, a lot of guilt writing. It used writing. to be like the, the mailer would go out and say, hey, we need reviews on these movies. And then it would like spur everyone into action, I thought. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's right, Aaron. That's uh, that was not my experience. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I sent a few, no action. <laughs> we got to get those back going. The, uh, the writer emails to everyone. Hey, cover these movies. Yeah, we'll start doing that. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> the host of the Space Cave podcast. Yeah, uh, David Huntsberger. Ah, nice to be here, fellas. You've both been guests on that show, and I've been on this one a number of yes, times. Yes, yeah. Space Cave. Yeah, that's a you do it's like a, a call-in. Yeah, I try to balance it out because the majority of it is me with like scientists, which and it really doesn't usually get that. Heavy. Boo, science <laughs> is fake. That's true. That is true. And I've it's you're been debunking wonderful. science. Is yeah. that what? You're... Yeah, I slowly take it down from the inside. Really, I all science don't care is for the EPA. It is. Yeah. There are no facts or data. Two plus two could be five. Absolutely, unless the liberal media tells you it's three. Exactly. Um, and I'm a firm believer in that. And it's been nice to just slowly chip away at that finally. these math and science people telling us what's right and wrong i'm sick of that well good for you for making america great again thank you i appreciate Um, it we should talk about this uh earbuds real quick um we just had a press release go out from the good people at comedy dynamics Mm -hmm. and um 
Also found out that someone uh, put uh, has put it up on a BitTorrent site, and uh, that's infuriating. So don't BitTorrent it. Don't do that. <laughs> don't watch it for free. Uh, I'll tell you who it was. It was those Russians. It was, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm sure Rachel Maddow is going to connect the dots. It was the Russians. Um, yeah. So. I, I don't know. The film is very subversive. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. Um, Stop so, trying to uh, help people with mental illness. Yeah. Um, so, so, but but that's, you know, every filmmaker says this. Please do not torrent or yeah, bit torrent the movie. Just you can buy it at comedyfilmnerds.com right now. And also, um, it will be available on other platforms as the distribution continues. Absolutely. So we'll go to a wider distribution in the next couple months. That's what was it, what Comedy Dynamics is going to do. We've signed a deal with them. They will be getting it on all different things. Many of you have asked iTunes and the streaming services yep. and all that. That will happen. If How would you guys feel if, if someone wrote in and had or called in and had a succinct reason as to why this chaotic free-for-all, bit-torrenting, stealing, getting what you can, how you can. What if they had, like, an ethos behind it that made sense? <laughs> where they could validate they had a manifesto? It. They had a whole uh, manifesto. I would like, gladly uh, shoot holes through directly through the center of it because yeah. I've heard all the arguments for that. Uh-huh. And, look, if you want to go Robin Hood some shit and you want to steal big-budget movies... What is their movies, um, logic, typically? I don't want to pay for anything. That's their logic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and many of them will take a... Like Guardians of the Galaxy, ma- that movie's gonna do fine without me. Okay, that's okay. You want to go after a movie that's making hundreds of millions of dollars? Sure, fine, good for you. Mm-hmm. But the still well, don't do it. But I, I don't encourage it. I think it's bullshit because there's also several, there's hundreds of people that are involved in that movie that aren't just Chris Pratt getting yeah. his whatever millions yeah. of dollars. So there's and, some overworked grips yeah. that need a salary. <laughs> there's people that. <laughs> Uh, below the line that deserve that money and what I would say to them. And I have a friend of mine who who, who actually is a cop and he was, oh, I just been toward it. And so I was in his house and he sh- was, I was like, oh, okay. And he's like showing me something that he built. You made that with your hands. And I just said, this is mine now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he goes, no, it's not the same thing. I go, really? I make art. And if you're just getting it for free, I want your, I get this for free. But his cost- job is to enforce justice and he fucking bit torrents things? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's unacceptable. Yep. That's, that's America. That's the hypocrisy of this dumb, godforsaken fuckhole. Here's but thanks I for thought. listening, everybody. <laughs> Stay stupid. Um, Here's what I'd like to have happen. Is a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, they have some uh, discretionary money. They give, say, $100,000 to the three of us. They say, go make a movie. We make it. So a file of it exists. The whole purpose, the sole purpose of it is to have it bit-torrented and dispense uh, viruses into the computers of the people that... So it's like a movie that people think there's a value to. It's, yeah, it's never meant to be seen. It's yeah. just a Trojan <laughs> horse. So people steal something that like otherwise was essentially free or didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an odd dichotomy? The idea there that, like, what? why would you steal? I can get stealing Guardians of the Galaxy. It's valuable. It's like a diamond, so to speak, sure. as far as it's, oh, you got to pay to get in there. But to steal something like, this was a student film that was free on YouTube. Why are you stealing this? Yeah. This is a movie that we are still in debt over, earbuds. So anyone who's watched it for free that way. Um, Just uh, hey, make up for it. Go buy it somewhere. Yeah. Be <laughs> yeah. cool. Be cool somewhere in your life. 
Um, so let's get into it. Let's talk Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I didn't see it. Yeah. What? what? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that pumped up for it. No, this movie was uh, fucking awesome. I loved so, it. <laughs> it was a really, really fun movie. And it was one of those movies, too, where it's like, is it going to live up to the expectations? Because uh, the first one was such lightning in a bottle. You wonder, like, how is it going to recapture that fun and, and, and that just that feel uh, of everything, of just the combination of the characters that you fell in love with and the interaction, the humor, the action, everything all together. And this, the smartest thing they did was keep James Gunn on. He's like, uh, okay, yeah. let him do the sequel and add Kurt Russell. That's always a good move. <laughs> and and if, if there's a movie, you're making a movie, and you can add Kurt Russell, you really should. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's anywhere you could add him. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was fun. Did I like it as much as the first one? No, but it's that's a minor quibble because the first one, like I said, was such lightning in a bottle and it was these characters you've never heard of and you saw them come together and you fall in love with them. This one was more of uh, them about getting to know them a little bit more and how they interact with each other and uh, Kurt Russell being Star-Lord's dad and being, you know, a planet, which is hilarious. I, that's, I mean, the thing for me, I... I... I absolutely love this movie, and because they. Now, did you like it better than the first one? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess in the sense that I, I'm just like awesome, more guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I did it in the sense that well, I, well, look, it's hard to compare something to the first because, as we've talked about, there's never been a guardians really anything other than a com. Like maybe there's, but no, no big budget high level we talked about this it's not one of it's not spider-man or superman or batman right. or one of these characters we've that is huge it's it's a it's a much lesser known uh comic so there have been more punisher movies than there have been guardians of the galaxy exactly so the first one you went in with like little to no expectation other right. than just well it's marvel they do cool stuff right so you can't ever capture that first time uh, oh, Again. you can't, no. And, and what you can do is, like you said, you just you build on it and you try to recapture that tone and that magic of the of the first one. Which I think they did immensely. And so to because you can't uh, recreate that magic, to judge the second one against that is a, is a, is a mistake. It's incorrect. And I've seen some people online going, oh, it wasn't blah, blah, blah. And I, I go like, it was well, just. I don't know. You know, some sequels transcend the first one. I mean, you've got Aliens 2 or or you've got Terminator 2 or Empire Strikes Back. You you really have those sequels that transcend, transcend the first one. I think you can have that where you not only recapture the magic of the first and then and more. Uh, but I think that is probably a, a little rare. Um, whereas this movie, there, you, if you like the first one, you're going to enjoy this you're one. You're going to love it's, it. It's a, it's a fun time. Uh, the one quibble I did have with it, I thought it was actually a little too much computer generated and, and green screen. <laughs> like uh, like the first one, it just felt – obviously, they're both green screen movies. You know, There's a lot of green screen going on. It just felt a little more grounded where you had like you know cities and planets and all these things where – you knew it was green screen, but it just felt more like, uh, even like with that planet that was the giant celestial head, you know, you have that. It just, it felt like more um, kind of grounded, whereas this one, it was a lot of uh, uh, big CG planet 
set pieces and a lot of CG where I got a little um, over kind of overblown with them. Like, okay, I just, you know what? I love these characters so much. Let me just see them more interact than like jumping away from more computer generated effects. <laughs> uh, so, but like I said, it's a minor quibble. I really enjoyed the film. It was a lot of fun. Took the whole family. Everyone loved it. And uh, is that a record for how many post-credit sequences stingers oh, yeah. there like are? Five. There's something like five. Yeah, it's just it's like it was almost more credit sequences than credits. It was a few. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great. It was a whole. I mean, I for me, I love a lot of Easter eggs in this movie too. A lot of Easter eggs. I love though how they expanded on the characters because if it would have just been flying around and quippy space jokes i would have been like oh man you just re- you just replayed the right. same thing but i we really got to know like like so drax david bautista he, we really got to know that character there were some great moments that scene where he's uh you know that that um the girl with the antenna mantis mantis right so he's like he says that he's making jokes like well she's ugly and it's like haha and then he sits and talks to her and he's like yeah basically he says um, when when you're beautiful and somebody is nice to you, you can't trust them because that's why he's like all beautiful people are liars or whatever he says. It's a great, <laughs> it's a funny scene, but it's also very poignant. Of like, I mean, his character beautiful is, people never know who to trust. Never know who to trust, and he's also saying, you know, I've been called ugly and weird, and we got to find out his parents, the customs of his of his planet, in these very comical ways. But it was mm-hmm. also it had a lot of heart to it. Yeah, and. Also, getting to the 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 Star Lord Kurt Russell right. father son relationship thing was really cool. His relationship with um, Zoe Saldana's character, Chris Pratt and Zoe Saldana's character, mm-hmm. was I thought they expanded on a lot of that. It was really and one of my favorite characters is too is uh, is Rocket, and uh, you know he's always funny and and but there's all uh, this pain behind it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and then it, there's a lot going on with that character, and you think, well, how are you going to give emotion to basically a, a raccoon? You know, with a jetpack, and they they managed to do it. You know, twice. I mean, this is the second time. Twice, where and then, you just you just fall in love with this character again. And, and there's all this there's all this human pain in there, you know. And mm-hmm. and then you get into Michael Rooker's character. Right. Wow, did they expand on that guy a lot? Like yep. that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just the bad Ravager guy. It was like he went through some pain. He found out why he was so partial. Now, there, there, this isn't a spoiler, too, but Sylvester Stallone is in right. this movie. And uh, uh, he's not in the movie a lot. So uh, we'll get more answers with from Jackie, who he really is in the comics. But uh, I'm wondering, what do you guys think as far as, like, is this setting up for Guardians 3? Is this... Of course it is. Yeah, I mean, is like, this, Marvel, is, Marvel has is, is Guardians 9 lined up yeah, for 20, yeah, yeah, it's like, is Sylvester Stallone, yeah, right? Is this, like, an intro where we're going to see a lot more of him in the next movie? Hmm. I think it's, yeah, the or is money, it just like a cameo? and you just look at like a baseline. Like, as long as it clears $80 million or probably a very low $200 bar, million like, dollar budget yeah. on this movie. Yeah. So it's, I bet the day it makes a dollar more than that, uh, it's greenlit to do more. And yeah. these characters I will think, be in Avengers. I think too. Saturday mm. morning, they're like, yep, all right. We gotta like yeah. It. Yeah, yeah. Here's how it's tracking. <laughs> like, they're, they're, you know. Yeah, there's already a Guardians 3 plan. Now, as far as after that, you know, who, who knows? Uh, you know, for me, and, and, and then the thing I love about, and we talked about the, the, the five things in the credits. The, the five things in the credits are always funny, but they're also then setting up more awesome shit that's going to be happening in the Marvel Universe. So I just and some of them grabbed like little pieces of uh, 
um, like upcoming films too. Like, right. You know, like just as Easter eggy stuff, not stuff like, oh my gosh, like I, I this sets up the entire next Avengers movie. No, they're just like little, little just kind of hints and Easter eggs drop, which were great. Got to see, uh, well, we'll talk more about it in. Can in I ask spoiler. you guys this? I, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but like the Groot thing, is that. The last one, he did he give himself up and sort of die? Is this a prequel? Like, why is he baby Groot this time? Yeah, so he died in the first one, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and so now he's growing. He's a baby piece Groot. of him remained. Yeah. And oh, that's, okay. You know, he gotcha. can regenerate, so mm-hmm. now he's he's baby Groot. Yeah. So in the next one, he potentially could be Vin Diesel again? He's Vin Diesel in this one. This actually was Vin his Diesel voice? actually voiced uh, baby Groot. Yeah. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, and he says it 17 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it get a laugh every time? I remember the first time I watched, the, when I watched the first one, like the crowd laughing every time that happened. And I was like, mm-hmm. we have dramatically different senses of humor. I don't know. <laughs> I just was not in the mood. It just seems so like, I get like popcorn movies and stuff, but right. these sort of like, like, ah, that's, ah, there's a joke there. Like when a whole theater laughs. I don't know what it is. When a whole theater laughs, it turns you off the joke? A little bit, yeah. It just seems too <laughs> simple and too big, ba- and especially when it's something like like so formulaic like that. So if too many people enjoy something, you hate it. Is this Unless just it's a comic subtle. snobbery? Of the yeah, I know. Nope, so. Everyone else likes it. I don't. If you can just see it coming, like, oh, boy, here comes an I am Groot, and then they do it, and then the whole crowd laughs, and you're like, that didn't catch, that, you, none of you saw that coming? <laughs> Bothers me. <laughs> But that's me. Yeah, that's got to be some snobbery. But it yeah. you never have that in a theater. Really. Are you on a roller coaster? You're like, oh, here comes a loop. <laughs> I go nuts on a roller coaster. I make noise. I'm like, I fully buy into it. And in a movie, like, you know, one time I was getting ready to do a set at a comedy club and this woman was going in with her friend. She goes, come on, let's go laugh our asses off. And I was like, oh, right. That's why people are paying money to get here. But that's such a weird thing to think <laughs> we're going to like, for- oh, there's a reason to laugh. I'm laughing. I'm having fun now. It just, you want it well, to it be forced infectious. out of you. It is, but like you want it to catch you off guard or you don't want it to be like. No, let people right. laugh for no reason, Dave. <laughs> let, let people. This is why you're <laughs> a comedian. People, this <laughs> is why you, let, you aren't the let's go laugh, laugh, laugh our asses off. You're like, let I'm going to go. Let people crowd think laugh. <laughs> really? I mean, that just b- belies like such weird depths to them that there's like an emptiness or something. And they're like, I have to It's an laugh. emptiness that gives us all work. Yeah. We need this. We need that emptiness, Dave. Don't bite all the right. laugh that feeds you. I know, buddy. Let right. him, I am Groot. <laughs> when you do a dick joke on a late show Friday. So any other level of comedy above that, we're just overthinking it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just bring it down to this level. <laughs> Yeah, there's simple dumb crap, and then, yeah, and then there's Stephen Hawking. Those are the those are the <laughs> those are, those are the, our premier humorist in this country. So, <laughs> so uh, a little more trivia for you: Dave Bautista's Drax makeup only took 90 minutes to apply, down from four hours. I wonder how this they time. did that. How did they? Yeah. How, how did you, they how make you cut his, it down so much? Is it just like a suit? Yeah, maybe some. Well, know. they I saw it at the ArcLight, so there was that little bonus. Uh, oh. After yeah, and, and, and they what, said they hit him with like rollers, like paint rollers. So oh, that, that makes it hilarious! A faster, right? Oh, that's like, amazing! Like they're, like they're painting a house. Yeah, which oh, he's wow. big as. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. that's great. Any other uh, relevant right. stuff in that bonus thing, uh, Aaron? That you saw? Oh, you know, they just loved it. They loved James Gunn. <laughs> they all just yeah. talked. All right, yeah, yeah, right. right. <laughs> they all just stroked each other. Got it. Um, all right. Well, that's cool. I, I, I I'm. Yeah, we'll talk more. We'll get into the detail with Jackie yes. on the on mm-hmm. the on But the yeah, thumbs up, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 
Um, okay, so here's a movie, David, that you saw that came out a while ago. It got a little Oscar buzz. I missed it because it just didn't get enough of a push. Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't have the money or it didn't get the press, didn't get behind it or what. But you said you saw Nocturnal Animals. This was the Amy Adams movie. Right. I'm surprised right. you guys didn't see it. I, it was I heard one of those so many that, good yeah, things, but then like the cracks. Oscar season, there's always one or two of these that I'm like, oh, I missed yeah. it. I miss mm-hmm. it. I saw Hell or High Water and I wasn't as in love with that when people were saying- oh, Oh, interesting. I thought, like, beyond, like, the, the story's fine. I thought, like, Ben Foster's kind of always the same sort of dude, like, this bad. He's really great at it, though. He's And in this one, I thought he was really good. Right. There were two things. As someone from, like, kind of, like, a, a ranch background, there's a period where they're, like, moving cattle across the road, and this dude is riding a saddle that is obnoxiously out of place. Like, whoever the character, or, like, the costume designer was, was like, that's a saddle. Let's just use that. And as I'm watching, like, what the fuck is this so there's nothing that was what was wrong with the saddle too big it's a show saddle it's like a cutting Mm -hmm. saddle like just for someone that would ride a horse in a show and so to do ranch work like not a practical saddle not at all you Mm -hmm. couldn't do any ranch stuff with it and so that was and maybe someone who's a show person would be there like i'm just helping out like i brought my show horses i'm just (laughs) moving these cows but the the amount of times you see that in real life is like i I gotta say dave you have some interesting buttons yeah. yeah, I mean, this is such an obscure one. So that was minor. Then, in the, and then, like, there's this bit of the Dave Huntsberg is a cowpoke. Yeah, <laughs> there's this bit, like, the whole, like, I get a little. I don't know. I loved Jeff Bridges, but like the True Grit sort of like this may be oh, you're, you're yeah. Chris are on the same page. <laughs> so that yeah, gets yeah. a little much, and then just kind of I'll give you relief. What if I give you relief? I give you relief. Like that sort of, I don't know if you saw the ending, but it was fucking kind of asinine. So anyway, Hell or High Water, I felt like, <laughs> meh, if it's on the borderline, I felt like Nocturnal Animals was above that. Mm-hmm. It's more crisp. It's shot better. It's a, it's a more original story, I thought. As Tom Ford uh, directed it. He also directed A Single Man. He was also Which one I of the, did not like. He was one of the writers on it, too. I think that's one of the reasons. And he's, a, he's a photographer by trade, uh, no, right? A fashion designer, I believe. Oh, yeah. He's a fashion designer. You yeah. can see his eye. Like There are some right. shots in it that I felt were really unique. Which, you know, I don't know how often and, you see that. But. And I'm sure it was every wardrobe he approved. There's no, I mean, yeah, I mean, people look, even the bad guys and stuff, people look very stylish. Very attractive group of good yes. and bad people. Um, In great clothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but even like just someone's wearing just like a tank top or something like that. You're like, well, that didn't take a lot of thought, but maybe. Maybe it's like, oh, I want, I don't want this person to be wearing like a I'm with stupid t-shirt or something like mm-hmm. that. Whatever it is. Like, it just looks realistic. It's believable. The story has... You know, a pretty pretty decent amount of uh, like thought provoking kind of stuff to it. Where I don't know, I, as I was watching it, I was just like waiting for that moment to be like, oh, I get why this didn't get nominated for anything or really didn't get noticed. There are a couple moments in the acting side of things where I was like, just, I, need, yeah, I just needed a little more there. Like I I didn't feel this as maybe as much as I should have. And from, that's a from, who, from an, a specific actor, or you just thought it was like script or directing or? Yeah, all of the above. Like okay. there were just parts where like, I don't, this doesn't seem like how people would react here. And and those two parts are minor. They probably happen at like, at act breaks. So like, it's, a, it's, it's, it's Amy Adams, it's Jake Gyllenhaal, it's Michael Shannon. Mm-hmm. I mean, like these are pretty- it's a great cast. I think Michael Shannon got nominated yeah, and he should have. He, he's right. phenomenal in it. He's so good and it's such an interesting character. And, uh, but Amy Adams is really good in it too. And like her getting snubbed for a rival, I think is just asinine. Like she carries that whole movie. Mm-hmm. And then in this one, like she's integral to it. She's not as- 
I mean, it definitely does rely on her. She's the lead for sure. And uh, and then Jake Gyllenhaal is the other lead. And it's probably more like his kind of story. I don't know. It's, it's both. But anyway, mm-hmm. I had heard people kind of responding to it like, ugh. Or, oh, that was so... That was just like it was exposition or something like that. But when I watched it, I thought like it was a very like rich story told in a very cool way. Do you think that reaction that you heard from people was one of the reasons it didn't get more Oscar? Or do you just Yeah. Because it had a 22, almost a $23 million budget, which. Do you think people went into that movie going, let's just laugh our asses off? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the only ingredient it was really missing is no one popped out of the trunk and went, I am Groot. Yeah. (laughs) And then it would have been a home run. Uh, There's really like. But Amy Adams had the right saddle. She had a perfect saddle. Yeah, everything rings true in that movie, which I think everyone has that. Like if you're in the paper business and you saw something, whatever it is, you'd have it. It's like every time one punchline came out, there's no locker rooms. (laughs) Fucking comedy. How many uh, many vets had comments on the Hurt Locker? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I love like, so scientists, I've asked a bunch of them on my podcast about like The Martian. And there are moments where, or even like they had a bigger problem with gravity. There'd be a lot like, ah. But it's still a cool movie, but I couldn't get over this in Gravity. Whereas with The Martian, they're like, eh, there are a few things, but overall, like, it works out. It checks out. And that's really impressive for someone who doesn't work in that space to write a movie and then have it be believable enough. And then luckily, like... Hard science fiction. Hard, hard science fiction. And bringing in, like, consultants when they're filming it to, like, work Mm -hmm. as well as how this would look. I feel like you have to do that on every movie. And if you have a cowboy scene and you're shooting it in Texas, just ask someone at the fucking diner. Yeah, There's yeah. someone's <laughs> going to be there that's going to go, oh, that's the wrong saddle. Yeah. Right. So that was bothersome. You want mine? I got it in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. One of the grips must have been yeah. like, uh, I rode to the fucking set on my horse. So so you would recommend Nocturnal Animals? Highly, sure. yeah. Okay. If nothing, like to me, the place it lives in is where La La Land should have lived. Like, oh, this is a fun movie. It was cool. Like, it didn't get really nominated or noticed, but it's because La La Land was edited so perfectly. The sound design's really good. It's a cool, fun story. If it lived where Nocturnal Animals does, it would be that cult movie that people loved and went like, oh, I know all the songs. It's this fun musical. It's in the theaters. It did pretty well, but like, it just got passed over. I think now it won't. It was like, oh, La La Land. There's that thing that was like as as celebrated as you could potentially be, minus one little asterisk at the end. And Nocturnal Animals got no attention. And yeah, I'm I'm really curious what your thoughts are when you watch it because I think I think there are some elements to it where you're like, oh, I don't love this. But overall, as far as a movie goes, next time you're on the show. We'll, yeah, uh, we'll have let's you, make a we'll note. Talk about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, I would love to because I I went into it with very even like ten minutes in being like, all right, where's this going? And then it's one of those movies that to me just kept winning me over. And then to where oh, and it has a really great ending where I was like, this is. And you saw this. it later after it had gone through everything and mm-hmm. you heard a bunch about it, which always mm-hmm. uh, I've always, we we've talked about this a lot, but I think when you see a movie later that didn't get a lot of praise, Mm -hmm. sometimes you might be more prone to go, oh, it wasn't that bad. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I I was probably more on that side of things, but the the thing that, like, propelled me to watch it was a friend of mine going, dude, this movie's really good, and it was probably my favorite movie of last year. Word of mouth. So I didn't go in with totally low expectations. I went in with a bit of both. Like, my friend Mm -hmm. who I trust said it's good, but by and large, the populace said, we want to hear someone say, I'm Groot. And they didn't have maybe like the, the, the time to sink into it because it, it's challenging. Like it's emotionally like it really creates. This a lot is of why different... we have to 
it's good we're doing the Guardian spoiler with Jackie because we need a counterbalance to, <laughs> to anti-Groot over here. I like the popcorn movies, but I don't like when they get... I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, right. okay. <laughs> yeah. they get they get passed through. It's like mm. saying like everyone shits on a band like Nickelback, but what they do is very popcorny, and people get to come to their shows and dance and have fun. And like, I'm not saying Guardians of the Galaxy is that, but it's a lot closer to that than it is like fucking Velvet Underground or something. If we're making some musical comparisons, guys. Oh, I can't wait no. for the Nickelback equals Guardians backlash Gar- that David Huntsberg. What's your Guardians Twitter handle, David? At Huntsberger Joke. Now, if, <laughs> if you would have said bare naked ladies, I would have Okay, that's probably more appropriate. More. Yeah. Not that I was to be shitting on it, but I think what I'm getting at is like people have these two camps of like, like you were just shitting on the country being like, oh, this, we're this dumb garbage wasteland where we don't give thought to things. Like, well, I don't think that way. But if well, we're, you should. If we should yes. only be these intellectuals, then we probably should ignore these big fun crash them up Fast and Furious movies. We sh- No more of that. We're outlawing them. We're strictly now. We're serious. We're a serious country where we we pay like strict attention to merit. And was and that's asinine. Like I, I think we all like these escape movies. Uh, Very true. So I'm not yeah. shitting on Guardians of the Galaxy in that way. David Huntsberger just called them the Nickelback <laughs> of movies, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> You're going to get a tweet from James Gunn. I apologize to <laughs> everyone right. out there. I feel like I wish I could give a press conference after I'm just, that. I'm just trying to stir up a fake controversy. <laughs> oh, Huntsberger goes off. I really, no. wouldn't that be great if that was a trending thing? <laughs> Now, you, you, Hashtag Nickelberger. <laughs> Nickelberger. There, I'm making that a thing. Um, so now, uh, Graham, you have been on a documentary kick lately, and you saw Rudy Ridge about the uh, boy who went onto the field and then couldn't play? No, it's actually it's a, Ruby Ridge, oh, okay. uh, Chris. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was about, it was about the, the kid from Notre Dame that... Yeah. Went up in the high country yep. after he played one game his well, entire four years. It was, the, it was, it was a bit of an isolationist. Yeah. Yeah. He just yeah. wanted to play football. What happened to him after that he got to walk out on the field? <laughs> Spent four years to get one play, and Charles Dutton yelled at him, and now he's up in the high country with a musket. Um, no, I watched the American Experience a series of PBS docs on one of the streaming services that doesn't pay us ad money. Um, Which would be all of them. All of them. <laughs> Uh, and I saw a documentary about Ruby Ridge, and it was one of those things I was just like at home at night, like I want to watch something, and I was like, huh, I kind of remember that showdown in 1992, and it's you know these are these are like 50 some minutes, they're just under an hour. So what? But what's it about? Like what's the? It's end? about what that this dude that, wasn't paying taxes, and the the government stormed up there and shot up his whole family. That's what I know of it. How off am I? A little bit. Okay. So it wasn't. That he wasn't paying taxes, I think. It was like a, they go into first his background. Like, the question was, how did this guy, him and his wife were just, he, he was in the army. Uh, he was just, you know, I think he was like a special forces guy. And then he, he he's like had a decent job in Iowa. And then how did he go from that to white separatist living in a mountain all alone in, in northern Idaho and mm-hmm. what got so they went into that history a little bit which was pretty interesting and how um, he moved into this north like 50 miles from the Canadian border to be alone he was convinced that the apocalypse was happening he was against the new world order so you know this is the Bush's term you know so when George um, 
Herbert Walker Bush, Bush Sr. was talking about New World Order and all that stuff. He was one of those who was like, oh, don't trust the government. An apocalypse is coming. They were devout Christians, and they went through the Bible and like, oh, revelations, this is all happening. So they were like, we got to move our kids up there. So they moved into this part of Idaho where like the Aryan Brotherhood was close by and Mm -hmm. a couple of those groups. And so they started well, let's just check out this church, this this thing. So it was a rather white area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of Idaho is. Um, so he then had a failure to, he was supposed to appear in court and just said, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. There was a, I believe it was a gun charge. He was like, he had a weapon. Oh, man, I forget what it was now because I watched it like a week ago. And but it was like he had to appear in court. And it might have been. I don't know if it was taxes. I think it was it was I'm I'm totally blanking on this for some reason. But he went, all right, I'm not showing up. I don't trust the federal government. And they're like, look, man, you got to, you know, you you. Oh, no. Here's what it was. Exactly. Now I'm remembering. He sold a he sought off a shotgun and sold it, which is a a, a gun. You can't. Uh, Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he sold a sawed off shotgun and. The because the FBI was monitoring the Aryan Brotherhood because mm-hmm. they were talking about violent overthrow of the government and make America white and pure and all this shit and they mm-hmm. were heavily armed. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, they started. Do they have a YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> white tube, brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so he sold this gun and then the fe- the ATF was like, got to go to court. Yeah for this. We've charged you with this crime. Not showing up in court. That's how it all started. Oh. But then when they went up there, the 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 mother and one of the kids are like outside. Yeah. She retreats into the house. The next thing you know, like one of the kids comes out with a gun. Then the dad's there with a gun. Stand off for a long time. Then shots are fired. And then yeah. the end of it, the whole family's dead, right? No, not the whole family's dead. But... Um, he and like a couple of the, the a couple of the kids survive, but the, so, but that's what they go into. In this doc, and it's really compelling. They go into the there's two there's still to this day two sides of the story. Mm-hmm. The federal marshals were just up there, you know. He kept saying no and no and no. So then they had to kind of all right, you know, and they're trying to serve you war- the warrants, and they wouldn't. And then they go up there. And they started monitoring his house, and the, the, the doc does a great job. You, they get some of the F, the, the footage from from. Mm-hmm. I guess at that point it was the U.S. Marshals then got involved mm-hmm. to serve the warrant. That's their job. Yeah. So then the U.S. Marshals go up there, and then a dog starts chasing them, and then their shots fired. Oh, okay. One of the marshals gets killed. Oh, oh. One okay. of the weavers gets killed. One of the kids gets killed. Mm-hmm. That's the bone of contention. Mm-hmm. U.S. Marshals, we got fired upon, returned fire. Right. Yeah. Uh, Weaver's contention is, came up here, started shooting at us. You killed our son. We had to defend ourselves and killed the marshal. So that's like to this day the bone of contention. The controversy. The controversy. But mm-hmm. then you also see how the federal government, when he when that happened, and then he bar- so after that first day of shooting, then he barricaded himself, and then. They call Washington, D.C., and then the FBI shows up, and then the media, and then the skinheads, and then everybody's, like, everyone's getting into this thing. 
That's a national thing. It's a national thing. And How long did it go on? It was like nine or ten days. Wow. And they kind of standoff. Yeah. And so the interview, yeah, it was a total standoff. So the interview was with the one daughter. Um, and they don't say at the end of this, it came out this year, what happened with the dad. They just say what happens with this court after this, because mm-hmm. um, his wife dies. And um, the daughter is the only, she was like 14 or something at the time. So she's like a full on, full on adult now. And she's giving her tale of the story. And it's really compelling. And they interview one of the FBI people. They interview some reporters. They interview the Weaver's defense attorney. Um, and it's like, wow. Yeah. It's really compelling. Was that, I mean, there was Waco and then... But, you know, the, the recent things that have happened, like in Oregon and Nevada with the you know militias showing up and the government and both of those ending with no shots. I always wondered, like, is that was this thing like the government having to kind of learn a lesson like we cannot go through this again? That's a great. That's a, they talk about that at the end of this. The the daughter says, I'm glad that now the FBI uses Ruby Ridge as like a what not to do in all of because people people always shit on it like imagine if other people did this like all all these guys and it's typically like reservist white rancher types yeah. imagine if they like held a gun like they like that's true they would but I I'm glad it ends the way it does now I'm glad no one is shot right and I'm glad they learned that lesson so I'm with the daughter there because like I remember that story happening and then Waco wasn't that far outside of that either it, it happened both of those things happened so. Ruby Ridge, like literally, started before Obama or before uh, Clinton mm-hmm. won and was sworn in. It happened. It started in '91. Like the weapons charge started in '91. <clears throat> I mean, mm-hmm. they moved up to there in the '80s. Yeah. Um, but then it was the actual incident happened when o- Clinton was president. Oh, okay. And then Waco happened. That was definitely Clinton. Mm-hmm. Right. So there was definitely this like anti-government. Right. And that was part of what fueled. Um, this is not mentioned in there, but this is just sort of historically. Then those militias and those separatists. Then uh, that was, I think, part of the uh, motivation for Oklahoma City. Oh. Was like they listed off those things the federal government can just come up because i mean when you hear the, the the daughter's side of it she's like man we were just felt like we were being hunted i didn't, yeah. didn't want to go outside because they were gonna they had sniper teams out there and you're just like <laughs> can you imagine well they can just you imagine <clears throat> in el dorado texas i believe that's the right place the the mormon fundamentalists who moved there and took up there's a creepy story like where People in the town started to hear about it. A guy was like flying around a plane. He's like, hey, that you know that guy that moved here from Seattle and said he was just buying property? Well, he built like these barracks out there. And people were like, what? And they went to go look and there's a gate. So like, let's come back at night and check it out. They come back at night with night vision goggles and the people, like the Mormon fundamentalists, are looking back at them with their own night vision goggles. So they're like, something is fucked up here. And um, it is a- um, Nothing wrong John- with militias. Right. So, you know, <laughs> well, it was this was like I think that a lot of this is talked about in Under the Banner of Heaven, Krakauer book, where he was like, this will be the next Waco because people were willing to die for or because of, I a guess, Koresh, a cult leader. But mm-hmm. there these people are willing to kill be, to keep their property. And that was like a year or two ago diffused quietly it didn't there was no press like that is i feel like they've gotten better at diffusing these situations where not only there's not helicopters flying around the whole time like day eight of the standoff well that's what happened in waco too and then waco there's still conspiracy theorists who were like 
you know, yeah, this guy was <clears throat> shot and the, like there was marshals that were shot in the back and mm-hmm. you know, it was. Uh, but I heard he like I mean, who knows? Is the media back then and I mean, they'd have fifty media trucks like outside and yep. you know people just there watching it, just spectators watching. And then when they set it on fire, I think people didn't know who did that. Like, did they fire in and burn these people out of there? Or a lot of people were like, no, 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 Koresh set them on fire. Yeah. People were like trying to climb out. That's well, the controversy. Well, well whenever right, you have a yeah. cult leader, anything can happen. Right. I mean, you, when you've got that kind of situation, mm-hmm. you don't know, especially one is out of their mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could have done yeah. it, but mm-hmm. also I wouldn't put it past this government of just going, ah, light him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's a really cool, I mean, it's, it's um, this I series. Don't know, I, now that I think about it, I, I, I think more on the cult leader side. I, I think that's so That's what too. cult leaders tend to do. I, like, I think it was like, all right, that's it. We're going up in a ball, blaze of glory, ball yeah. of flames. And uh, you remember it happened in San Diego, the uh, cult leader who had everyone just poison themselves because the spaceship was coming. Like, was that yeah. Heaven's Gate? Uh, yeah, that was Heaven's Gate. Mm-hmm. That was where the they Nike all had sneaks. the Andy Andy Warhol haircuts and the new tennis shoes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had Nike sneakers yeah. on yeah. in the bunk beds. Yeah, yeah, that was like that just. Sound, I don't crazy. think that was a cult. I think that's just more of a, like a logistical planning for the spaceship. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. They <laughs> made it. No one talks about that. They're on it was that ship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one talks yeah. about that. They got. He organized them. You yeah. think it's easy hurting that many people? No. Think, and the last person nearly screwed them. The only way you can get on a ship is to kill yourself. I mean, it was like a train scene in a movie where the last hand had to reach out and like, John, you should have taken yeah. your poison 10 minutes sooner. We wouldn't yeah. be in this situation. Yeah. They got him on there, but it, it really crimped him. Took a while. Yeah. So to eat All your right. pudding, guys. Yeah. So, uh, hey, we have an ad read. Oh, we do have an yes. ad read. Harry's razors, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. Now, you mean the razor I shaved with yesterday morning? Yes. Do you polished up the man face? Polished up my man face. Harry's mm-hmm. razors. Uh, I... Well, gladly do an ad read for these folks because I, as I said, do you have razors in the space cave? uh, Yeah, I mean we trust you know any sort of weapon you'd want to have down there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh oh, Huntsberger's a militia weirdo. (laughs) Somebody's got some pudding (laughs) and shoes. (laughs) All sizes. It's amazing. It's uh, they sell directly to you over the internet. Harry's dot com. And it's just $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore. Oh, yeah. The, the, first of all. At the Woolworths. At the, the Wool- Five and Dimes. <laughs> at the Woolworths, yeah. <laughs> I think we need updated copy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would you go down to the Woolworths to get a yeah. phosphate? Yeah. Um, the blade's there. Yeah, I, as I've said, I used to buy, um, I think it was the Mach 3 ones, and they were... Fast. They were Mach fast. Three. They were fast going through my wallet. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were like four bucks a blade. It was ridiculous. Mm. And these hair, I, I would buy, if they weren't a sponsor of ours, I would continue. Still to, buy them. I would yeah. still buy them. And they got great, they make great gifts. Yeah. Well, what I love about it too is it's, they're not like, don't take our word for it. They're going to give you a free one. They're going to give you a free um, uh, trial kit. It's a free trial what? offer. Yep. A $13 value for free. All you got to do is cover shipping. And all you got to do is go to harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com slash comedy film nerds. That's harrys.com slash comedy film nerds. Get your free tri- free uh, trial. What, what else kit. comes you in can, the kit, Chris? You can uh, get. Um, oh my God! You, you really want to know? Initials on it. Oh, you guys got yep. that? You can get a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. The gel is the best. The gel is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gel is uh, uh, travel size. It's like three ounces, so you can take it uh, on a plane. 
and but you only uh, need like anymore. half of a pee, and it'll like get yeah. your whole face oh, ready for shaving. It's nice. I was using that when I was when I was last on the road. I haven't been on the road much, but when I was in uh, like I was shaving my face in Hawaii with their shave cream on their blades. Mm. It's nice. I was polishing up some Hawaiian <laughs> man face. It was good business. Good. Aries razors slash. Yep. You know, a lot of times these sponsors we use them. Yep. We use them ourselves. So, Harry, what is it? Harrys.com. Uh, it's harrys.com slash comedy film. There's, there's no coupon code. All you have to do is go to the landing, page, landing page, and then you get your uh, get your free trial. Like a great gift. gift. Mm-hmm. Father's Day is right around the corner. All right. Let's do it. Let's talk about some trailers. Let's talk about the Dark Towers. Real Steven, quickly, though, yes. guys. Um, just I know they didn't pay you, but how could how can people watch the Ruby Ridge documentary? I would like to see that. Where Or you want to tell me off- on one of the streaming services that you probably subscribe to. But there's probably multiple places. Okay. Whoever carries all of the PBS American Experience series. Okay. All right. I'll which is a that. great series in and of itself. Mm-hmm. They, it's, it's, it's like PBS does a really <clears throat> cool, and they're about an hour, so they're great. Okay. Sorry. Trailers. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about The Dark Tower. This is Stephen King's... Uh, apparently Narnia story <laughs> um, where a little boy hears I, I, I'm having dreams and like about this other world and uh, Idris Elba plays the gunslinger and uh, as you pointed out Dave amazing ability to reload his guns it's worth watching just the trailer I don't know about the whole yes, movie just but, for the reload but there are three or four of them that are mind blowing they're yeah, the greatest gun yeah. loads I've ever seen yeah. they're, they're are pretty impressive for sure you can see why if he's you're a, a gunslinger gun lo- yeah if you're a gun load yeah. enthusiast yes. doesn't have to be a good yeah. shooting yeah. I didn't know I was one and yeah. now I'm starting the club it's amazing David Hunsberger will ride up on the right kind of saddle and yes. he will enjoy a good gun load. Yeah, you know the gunslinger doesn't ride a show saddle. No. no. You know. He seemed to be walking everywhere. Yes, he did. Which, that's eh, fine. I'd prefer him on some sort of steed. Yeah, some, some I, Like an intergalactic steed. steed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted some weird sort of... Uh, Robot-y, metal Yeah, something up. on an 80s album cover. Yeah. Something. yeah. <laughs> yeah some, some 80s album cover, absolutely. Then the, yeah. the, that you the, could then paint on the side of a van? Yes, of course. Of course. The metal steed light. could turn around and like spit bullets back to him that he could load right in. Cool loads. A cool load steed. CLD. Hashtag. Hashtag CLD. Do you know most about Dark Tower? Cool load steed. CLS. Cool load steed. This movie, if it wasn't Idris Elba and and Matthew McConaughey, I would completely disregard it. It looks like a fun popcorn summary movie. Right. And, you know, the... Uh, you don't know this. This could be this summer's Green Lantern. You're not. We're not sure. Uh, it could be, but I, I'll tell you, it's one of it those movies. Ju- this 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 summer's Jupiter Ascending is yes, what it, it could, could possibly it could be, be as well. It could be. Did you ever uh, see any of Jupiter uh, Ascending? R I P D. Oh come on! <laughs> I watched some of it in a hotel room. It was really entertaining. No. Yeah. Where where were you on the road? How I bored came, were you on the road? Pretty bored. <laughs> and I came in like midway through the movie, so I had to like piece it together. Like, oh, I think I get what's going on. Yeah. But I was like, I can't, it's one of those things where I was like just changing, doing stuff on the computer, had it on in the background, and found myself like sitting on the bed watching parts of it, like, this is pretty interesting. Channing Tatum with eyeliner and a jazz beard? I'm in. It's yeah. really weird and silly and imaginative. And So you think this could be that? I do. Well, this didn't look that, this seemed like stuff we've seen before, yeah. right? Yes. There's it, a lot when you're watching, like, uh, It felt kind of pieced together, like, yeah. ever, like it's even pieced <clears throat> together from other Stephen King stories. Yeah. Uh, it, it, felt, it felt like that, but... I think it's one of those movies that you're either going to give a pass to or you're not. It's like right. you're either going to 
um, suspend disbelief, suspend any um, reference to any other plot or stories, yeah. and just go, all right, I'm just going to turn everything off and just enjoy this film. Or it might be so horrible, you're like, oh, my God, I'd rather watch Jonah Hex. So, yeah, <laughs> I'd like to know. see it succeed just for Idris to start becoming like a known leading man. I think he isn't he kind of. I mean, yeah, I mean like, TV and stuff. Yeah, DCI Luther. But I'd like to see him. <laughs> leading he's great. Hollywood. Yeah. He is great. He should be. He's a, great in Pacific Rim too. Yeah, he. You're right. I mean, I would love to see him as just put a franchise on his shoulders and yeah, go yeah, because right. he is he is great well, to this watch. Might mm-hmm. This might be it. This might be it. But so this movie. Um, I'm willing to suspend disbelief, and uh, I'll go see it. Aaron? So yeah, there's seven books in the series, so I'm just curious how much is in this movie. You know, like if they jam too much in. Oh, I hope yeah. they or just, they take out too much, or they yeah. they just highlight the gun loading in this one a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really get you hooked. Because that that's the kind of thing too, where if there's seven books, there has to be now at least eight movies, because the last one you always have to split up into two. But or maybe three. they've learned their lesson on that. No. And is anything the gonna... lesson they learned is double Keep up the money? It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's I, worked. Have you watched? Have you read these books, Aaron? Wait, no, no, that's not true. Because the um, what's the one that got re- the second part ended up going to Netflix? Those um. Oh, Shailene Woodley ones? They're kind of like the Oh, Hunger Divergent? Games. The Divergent series. Like the last one of those. Convergence, Divergence. Divergence Yeah, insurgence? the second part. <laughs> the detergent one. The de- yeah. it, it, it did so poorly, the part one of the finale, that the part two is now going to Netflix, right? I hope that's uh, I true. God, I've, that heard, I've heard that happy. from several people. That's good yeah. to know. I really... I, I, I'm just going to accept that that's a reality, because I sure. really I want... Let's believe it. Yeah, <laughs> but I like Shailene Woodley. She's for sta- she stands for Standing Rock. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. This, this is one of those movies where they're really hoping it'll do well because they know there's at least six more behind it if it if it does well. And I'm sure. But do they really uh, do six? I mean, beyond Fast and Furious, who gets to that number? Well, Harry Potter. It, didn't they only do five? No, right? really? No, there's no, eight. No. There's eight. Eight movies. Yeah, there's eight. Oh, all right. The last one. Was I mean, two. and that's eight just in the. Um, original series. Now they're going to spin off with Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. There's going to be like five All of those, right. I believe. But that hooked a great audience. Young people growing up with it. They could kind of watch those movies into their But adulthood. this is young gunloader fans. <laughs> yes, this is young gunloader fans. Again, you didn't know you were one. I apologize. Until now. You've never been more accurate in your life. Uh, but, you know, Stephen King... For the young gunloader yes. enthusiast in all of us. <laughs> Fine. There's a lot of people that have read Please, these books. young gunloader. <laughs> hashtag young gunloader. This movie's for you. Yeah, so. I, I haven't read any of the books, but um, in one of the short, one of the his novels that's a collection of short stories, there is a, a big chunk of one of the stories from The Dark Tower. It's really good. Okay. So it's interesting. All right. I'll, I'll, I'm excited to see that's it. That's the voice of our producer, Aaron yep. Brungart. So uh, Give him the, art the, today. the next movie uh, trailer is Blade Runner 2049. Now, a couple of trailers have dropped for this. They did a I'm, teaser. A teaser. Uh, a like trailer. a month or so ago. Yes. I, I'm really excited for this. A little uh, more I, than a month. I, I, I love the fact that it's going to have the same look and feel as the original Blade Runner. It really feels like it's, it's, it's the filmmakers have taken great lengths to try to make sure to capture that feel. And the fact that I saw a giant Atari symbol is hilarious. That, uh, <laughs> you were that asking for I it. I was asking for it. I was like, they got to have that. Because that, the whole vision of uh, Blade Runner, the first movie, was like, oh, Atari's going to be around forever. And it's going to be this <laughs> giant you know, corporation. And then the fact that it's here again. <laughs> 
it in, the, in this movie. I was like, yes, this is like pure fan service, and I was eating it up. This well, is great. The thing, and we all asked this question because we've talked about it before in this show. So the original one basically alludes to or flat out says that Deckard was a replicant. Yes. Mm-hmm. So in this trailer, we have an older Harrison Ford. So yes. did Deckard age, the replicant age, or are, like, honestly. Special type of replicant that ages? Right. Or yeah, why is may, it... I mean, that's such a bizarre thing to do. How to... are they going to explain that? Yeah. Right. But I feel like their explanation is going to be awesome because I am I love Ridley Scott as the EP and, and uh, Dennis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Um Directing this, and I think it looks. And Ryan Gosling looks great. In it Ryan too. Gosling looks great in it, and all this this new extended trailer. Like, there's a lot of oh, it looks like there might be some sort of replicant war on the humans kind yep. of thing. Um, so uh, does that entice you that much though? Human versus robot, kind of. Who's gonna win? Whose planet is this? It's interesting. Your time has come, you biological idiots. It's our time now. <laughs> Uh, in the Blade Runner universe, it's so different and interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be on board with it now. Okay. Or it could be something as simple as just another kind of noir criminal detective story. Yeah, I, I, I wonder cool if it's too. that because it's you bring up a good point, David. Which is, are they going to? And they hint at it a little bit. Are they just going to kind of go into this um, AI? Morality, yeah, 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 that we've seen in Ex Machina, we've seen it in in um, you know, in AI, in the, in, in Westworld, robot, in Westworld, 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 yeah. which is really cool. I I just finished watching season one of Westworld mm-hmm. uh, on HBO Go. Uh, so, but yeah, is it going to just fall into that? And if it does, then it that's the one concern I think I would have is if it does that, then I go, oh, then it's not. It's not Blade Runner because the Blade Runner, the way Blade Runner, it's sci-fi noir. It's mm-hmm. sci-fi noir mm-hmm. that dealt with that a little, but basically, it was still a detective. It was story. still a detective story. It was mm-hmm. still. I, what I was getting the pieces that I liked in this were this creep sort of god character Jared Leto, who's creating the replicants. He can't build them fast enough, and there's a there's a need for them. And then you have kind of your new detective, the noir guy, being Ryan Gosling. If he just approaches we might have seen like 90 percent of the time that harrison ford's in the movie right could just be a quick little cameo like here's the information you need kid good luck right and then he is on this pursuit to thwart this bad guy. i think i like that more it than what you were just talking about harrison ford all right we'll shoot you in three days it's not much yeah, yeah come on and do it we'll I, put you in the trailer. I, I don't know my my <clears throat> guess of it is since they're they're deciding to make this movie they don't need to make a blade runner sequel yeah and they're making it so far down the road that my guess is it's going to have a lot of really cool social commentary within a detective story. Yeah. Right. Like even more social commentary than we've had before just because the world has drastically has changed a lot in the 30-some years since this movie came out, what, 82, 83? Well, that might also allow it. I mean, I feel like well, if we now, lived in a perfect fair, world. The original Blade Runner, it came out every few years with a different cut. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we lived in a, a more just world or a world that, like, we could – I think we would have known we lived in a good world if we could have really focused a lot more of our time on being furious at them for remaking Point Break. And that just slid right by. <laughs> so, like, we live in a world where it's so contentious right now. If Blade Runner sucks or it's a complete disservice to the first one, it'll we'll move right past it. I'm beyond, like, places like this, like, podcasts dedicated to them. By and large, mm-hmm. like, most people are like, oh, yeah, it sucked, whatever. What's next? You know, like, mm-hmm. that... 
So I guess maybe they can hedge their bets that way. Like nothing's precious anymore. Well, the I agree with you. I feel like though, because of Ridley Scott and 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 Dennis Villeneuve as the director, I feel like they're not just doing some point cash grab, cash right, grab point right. break thing. Like they sat down and went, if we're gonna do this. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott went. It's we got to do it the right way, and right. we're gonna really we're gonna service the fans and make an amazing fucking. And I need to get this done before I'm eighty. Is the other thing. <laughs> but twenty forty nine is so close, and we're currently living in a some like a starting version of the future that people tend to predict with a little bit more AI and automation here and there, mm-hmm. and they keep making it so dark and so like everything's the same. It's very austere. People wear bland clothing. But we're seeing right now the future. Is it? I mean, if anything, we see people, you know, expressing their creativity more and more. Street art, things like that, more vibrant clothing, a a way to be like, I know Google and all these overlords are kind of monitoring all of our shit. And it's either going to be District 12 or the Capitol. It's going to be for Hunger Games. It's going to be. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, But that's the thing, though. If you remember again in the original. Everything's dark and dreary and rainy in Los Angeles. And then the right. very end of the film, they're out in the beautiful, bright countryside. Right, right. So that to me might mean that... Whichever cut that was. The, yeah, whichever <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the cities... What that movie was saying was the cities are just going to get overpopulated and overrun. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be, you know, talking billboards 100 stories high and right. floating yeah. cars and everything like that. That we're just going to cramp in the cities, and I guess if you were to, if you were to like, if you've ever been to Shanghai or something, it's like holy shit. Yeah. It is Blade Runner. It is Blade Runner, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing because the depiction of the future from 1982. <laughs> yeah. So the trajectory is slightly different. Yeah. Than some of the things have actually happened. It's like, like watching Star Trek, and you know, oh the iPhone does more than the tricorder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it, it isn't. You're you're bringing up an excellent point that I and I'm curious to see how they handle it. Mm-hmm. I have faith in them because, as I said, this doesn't feel like any sort of cash grab studio. Get mm-hmm. it done. You know, like yeah. jam it through the pipeline. This is like Ridley <laughs> Scott calling like this director up and saying, "I have an idea." Yeah, right. And you're the best one to do this. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it'll, it'll. I'm looking forward to it too. So, all right, let's go to DVD. Only one DVD Blu-ray coming out, uh, Fifty Shades Darker. Uh, I would recommend watching any other Blu-ray or DVD that uh, has come out over the last 10 years than uh, trying to sit through Fifty Shades Darker. This, <laughs> it was a terrible... You tried even, even the oh, Point no. Break re- reboot? Yeah, I, I, maybe. I, I didn't see it, but I'm going to say oh. I'm going to go with maybe yes. Uh, I, I sat through another another bullet I took for the team. Uh, but for, not uh, Nocturnal Animals. So, yeah. Yeah, we that put we're... that on there. It's it, because Nocturnal Animals, I think, is new to Amazon Prime right now. Oh, it's okay. on Redbox oh, as well. It so you cool. can, yeah, it's, see, it's see Nocturnal so, Animals. Yeah, you, yeah. You're not, if you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Find the Ruby Ridge doc. Like, Fifty Shades Darker. I'll just say it. It's on Netflix. Do that yeah. before you see fucking yeah. Fifty Shades Darker. It's funny that and the, I, to think of how many things came out to streaming and or DVD this week that that one made it up onto this list. When, like, because you know, having made a film, you're like, oh man, like the amount of them that get submitted to festivals every year, then they get made and then get distribution. That it's unbelievable. Like, we're creating so much data every every day, really. Right. The fact that this one, that by all accounts sucks, is even in our collective consciousness is such a bummer. I know. Yeah. And they they that movie, I'm sure, the catering budget on the second <laughs> film was like. 
three yeah. times what we spent on earbuds. Yeah. Right. And that Fifty Shades Darker, you should absolutely go to a BitTorrent site. <laughs> <laughs> now we brought it all the way around. <laughs> so in the site spotlight, the fan feedback, uh, check out uh, Neil Weekly's Weekly Film News. And also he uh, also reviewed Guardians Volume 2. He went to see it opening night. So there is a written review. If you want to get a more in-depth review, um, check it out on the site. Um, yeah, and so we've been getting what what has been fun is uh, the caption this that uh, Daniel has mm. been doing on Facebook. He has been doing some fun things. So there's this uh, classic photo that I've seen every couple of years. This gets posted, and it's um, Sean Connery from some space film where he is in Zardoz. Zardoz. Yeah. Zardoz. Which I've heard is really good. Is that true? Zardoz. I've yeah. not I've not heard that. So there's oh, really? Zardoz right there uh, for people watching on YouTube. Um, so it's always and he's in this like crazy bikini with the thing, and you see his hairy chest, and he's carrying a gun, and so then it is uh, caption this. We've also been putting some cool caption this stuff on the Patreon page, so check yes. that out as well. But this uh, Charlie Connor writes, "It burns the eyes, yet I cannot look away." <laughs> Michael uh, Kaczynski writes, "It's pretty bad when a grown man wearing fuck me boots is the le- is the least disturbing thing in the photo." <laughs> Jessica Lauren writes, "I told uh, Cubby Broccoli I didn't need this damn Bond film. <laughs> this will show him." Uh, Mike O'Donnell writes, "Because of recent budgetary restrictions." Q section is now streaming field equipment issued double O agents. Good luck, double O seven. This is great stuff. Thank you so much for these things. Stephen Nix writes, Zar don't. (laughs) 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 Uh, So thank you guys for your comments uh, on all of this stuff. And premiering this week, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. This movie looks horrible. But the reviews, are you buying into it at all? Like It could not be doing a better job of promoting it because I'm like – Maybe I'm missing something. <laughs> it, it 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 looks like it, it's again it's it's an overblown, over computer generated, uh, just you know retelling of the King Arthur tale that mm-hmm. just looks completely unnecessary and unwatchable. Yes, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but not judging from the trailer, I have no interest in seeing this movie at all. And this is someone that enjoys the medieval, enjoys Lord of the Rings, enjoys the King Arthur story, and also has gargoyles in the garage. And this movie interested me not at all. (laughs) The fact that you're this not on board with the film tells me that I am not even going to look at a movie poster for this thing. Yeah, Yeah, it looks dumb uh, to me. It's directed by Guy Ritchie, too, and I think this is his second King Arthur film. Such what? a bizarre turn for that guy. Well, yeah. Richie, well okay. best of luck. Good oh, weird, because then <laughs> Snatched is the next one on the list. Godspeed, Mr. Yes. Richie. <laughs> so Snatched, this is the Amy Schumer Goldie Hawn film. I where think... they, uh, it looks funny. They get kidnapped. And uh, uh, so uh, I saw the trailer and I'm like, yeah, this could be This could, this be, could funny. be funny. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I give, um, you know, I like that Amy Schumer is giving Goldie Hawn work. Because Goldie Hawn is, I've always loved Goldie Hawn. She's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see her playing her. Her mom. Her ditzy, like, boozy mm-hmm. mom on some spring break thing looks fun to me. Yeah. And then the last movie is The Wall. Now, this looks like a very small uh, film, and basically it's about two soldiers pinned down by a sniper yeah. uh, behind a wall. So it really feels like that kind of compressed time, one location, right. low-budget uh, uh, thriller. So this one yeah. could could go either way. It's directed by Doug Lyman. Oh, that's true. The first Doug Lyman, so. But it's also John Cena. 
and Aaron Taylor Campbell or whatever his name is. Mm. So, so it's, it's got a, some it's, wrestlers in it. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. That could so, go either way. Doug yeah. Lyman is great at yeah. directing action. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Yes. Smith, I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Go, too. Go? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. This one this one could go either way. I was on the fence on this Maybe one. this is John Cena's breakout. It could be. You know, and I <laughs> like John Cena. Yeah. I, but uh, I don't know about this movie. I don't, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. So, all right, that is our show. That's it. Can uh, I do some plugs, guys? That's where oh, I was about well, to ask you, sir. Yeah, where can people go, find go you on the it. World Wide Web? You have I've a new got, thing out. I've got a new, I'm doing a pre-order for a new CD that I'm doing. I'm doing it through Kickstarter, which I think people think of as just like a donation site, but and I don't think of it that way. Really, there's plenty of other good causes to just give money. It's to, a pre-order. But, yeah, it's a pre-order for the CD, and right. that I, uh, I and also an animated version as well. So, like la- the last thing I did, I had a bunch of animators create visuals, and then I performed in front of them. And so I'm going to do that this time. Again, take it to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, uh, which is in itself a huge undertaking. So I want to do this now to kind of get everything in order to go do that. And then uh, I'm doing a a stand-up tour around the Western United States starting um, May 17th at Doc's Lab in San Francisco. And I'll be like kind of jumping all the way city to city all the way up to Vancouver and then down through Idaho and Boise uh, to Denver and then back through New Mexico and Arizona so that's over like the next month so pretty much all of May and early June I'll be on the road on horseback on my steed on yeah my my load steed and uh, an appropriate saddle and I'll be <laughs> showing off my gun saddle appropriate <laughs> and um, yeah so if you I would love it if people came out to some of the shows or uh, pre-order the CD so um, how do they get the CD Everything's at davidhuntsberger.com. There's a link to the CD, or if you just go to Kickstarter and like. You do really interesting I, specials and comedy thanks, stuff. Thanks, it's man. really cool. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, the last one it was a huge undertaking, and I thought it looked. No, no, really not different. that one. The other one. <laughs> 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 it's I the the I, the fact that I'm even trying this again at all is a little bit weird to me because like after the last one it was just so much work where I was like this isn't how it's supposed to go. This is like. Right. Uh, it's just too daunting. But I in the end I'm like I don't know. I really liked working with the animators and mm-hmm. it's pretty fun like to perform in front of it and all that sort of stuff so mm-hmm. davidhuntsberger.com yeah yeah everything's thanks, there thanks Twitter, for doing the show. Shit. thanks and we'll man. send you the emails to get you writing again oh yeah please do <laughs> i would love to and come <laughs> fight me about you. the uh guardians and nickel whatever nickelback nickelback, nickelback yep. gu- nickel guardian <laughs> all right that is our show uh folks make sure you uh support the patreon that really does keep us going yeah. we're almost at the first goal we're over 800 dollars. you get cool stuff you get bonus content and yes. you get to participate in the posts and the polls uh mm-hmm. patreon only posts that that's at the two dollar level and we just had one person um sign up for the ad tier so what we'll do is we're going to start uh mentioning your name and your website on the show yes. every single uh time so that is at the $50 level, but that'll be every show you'll get that. Yep. Starting next week. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you, David Hunsberger. And listening. And listening. That's right. That's probably the primary thing that they do. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank <laughs> um, you for having me. Thank you, Aaron and everybody at ATC. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. Show saddle. <laughs> Nickelback. Nickelback. <laughs>